Well, hey guys, my name is uh, Devin Fry. I'm actually going to be preaching a message today. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to share what's on my heart. And uh, thank you. Hey, listen, if you're like this the whole time, it's going to be a great day. I'm just saying. It's just going to be awesome. So, um, I'm actually the student director here at Connect Community Church. I just came on staff here not too long ago. And uh, it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey. You'll hear a little bit more about that story a little bit later. But um, I'm just excited to share this message and what's on my heart. And are you ready to receive the word today? Okay, cool. Um, I just want to give honor to where honors due first. Uh, there's been incredible men and women of God on this stage many times, and I don't. I count it a huge privilege to be able to just share from this stage because we've had people like John Bevere and Lisa Bevere, world famous preacher. How many know we have some great preachers that come through here? My gosh, it's been awesome. Last week, Pastor Josh Mounty, uh, like wow. What can you What can you say about that? I didn't want to follow the message, so I was like, Dad, I'm not doing it. I quit. Okay, cool. But uh, we just had some incredible men and women of God on here. But my favorite preacher of all time is, is Pastor Derek Fry. And he gets to be here every single Sunday. And uh, how many know we got the best pastor in the world? I will say that. Now, come on, stand to your feet. Give some honor to where honor is due. Let's honor our pastor. We love our pastor so much. Love you, Pops. Love you, Pops. He's, uh, he's an incredible man. He's a gift. So, uh. So don't take that gift for granted because he's incredible. Um, I heard it said once from a pastor last year, or actually Pastor J or Jason Goslin, and uh, he said probably the best compliment I've ever heard, and I just want to reiterate it. He goes, um, he's a man of many muscles, but the biggest muscle is his heart. And, uh, and it's, it's so true. We just have the best pastor, and he has the best heart, and he cares for people more than anything. So uh, we love our dad. Uh, we love our pastor, and I love my dad. That's what I was trying to say. But uh, no, he doesn't do steroids. People say it all the time. He's huge. We get it. It's just HGH that he does. No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. I'm going to get fired by the end of the day. But anyways. Hey, who's enjoyed our Be a Champion series? Anybody enjoy that? I think uh, we've had just incredible people come through. And uh, God has showed up miraculously. And we're just going to ask that that same thing happens today. Amen? Who brought their Bibles in here? Want to just wave your Bibles up? Wave your Bibles up in the air. Wave it like you just do care. Come on. I love my Bible. We got a lot of glowing Bibles. That's good. Hey, if you don't have a Bible, just go ahead and do me a favor. Just go to the nearest hotel and, and, and top drawer on the right. Just steal you a Gideon. I think it's going to be good for you, you know. I'm just kidding. Don't steal one. I, f I think God will forgive you if you steal a Bible because it's like, it's like Christian, you know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. People are like, no, oh, great. This is going to be a horrible day. No, I was just totally kidding. But hey, open your Bibles, okay, to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. I think we have it on the screen in a minute. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, okay? I'm going to get right into the message because I got a uh, message on my heart and I don't have a whole lot of time because the clock is from the devil. So, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20 says this. I'm reading out the NIV version, and it says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Now, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. I love how the message version says it right here. It says, it was their regular work. And it says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him, and going on from there, uh, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee. I'm sorry, I don't have this part. 
But James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, they were in the boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. I just want to pause right here. Do you know Jesus still calls people today? He still calls people today. I just want to let you know that. He still has called you. Uh, there's a verse in Romans that says, for the gifts and call of God are irrevocable. You just need to know that you're called. And there's many people who are running away from their calling, and that's why the world is where it's at today. So I'm just going to ask you, would you be obedient to the call of God in your life? Too many people are running away from the call of God in their life. There's a verse, there's also a verse, I believe it's Matthew uh, chapter 9. It says this, the workers are few, but the harvest is plenty. You know there's a huge harvest out there? We need you in this fight. We need you to kind of step up in your game, step up in your leadership. Because there's a huge harvest out there. Do you know just alone in Ashland, Massachusetts, this town alone is about 16 to 17,000 people. Do you know our church is about 650 to 700 people right now? And it's a good church. It's a beautiful sized church. And it's a huge church for New England, but we're just getting started. Do you know that? We're just getting started. Do you know in the town over in Framingham, Massachusetts, it's considered to be one of the biggest towns, if not the biggest town in the entire country. About 60, 65, 68,000 to 80,000 people, somewhere in that range, just in the town over. Not to mention the whole Metro West community. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I just believe today that God's going to call you to something greater. He can't just leave you alone because he loves you too much. I'm just going to ask that you step into that calling and be obedient to what God is calling. The harvest is plentiful. And immediately, I love this, and immediately they, James and John, left the boat and their father, and they followed him. I love that. I love immediate obedience. Jesus called somebody, and they immediately followed him. Left everything that was comfortable, everything that, that they were used to. They were fishermen for years, their whole life. That was their occupation. They, they weren't trained in the things of Jesus. They didn't go to Bible college. They didn't go to school. They didn't do any of this kind of stuff, but but they still immediately followed God. I love that. He called, Jesus called them out of their comfort zone. He called them to follow me and I'll make you fishers of men and, and fishers of women. Some of the guys in here are like, oh, I want to be a fisher of women. I'm single and ready to mingle. Holla at me. That's not what it means. Making you fishers of winning people, not arguments. Winning people, not just, just petty things. Winning people. That's what Jesus is for. We're winning people. That's what this church is for, is we win the lost. We save the people who need it. I love how our pastor says we're pre-believers. We're, we're, we're after the pre-believers, just kind of speaking in faith, saying, hey, we believe that they're going to believe one day. I love that. Love that. May you get that in your spirit. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, 9 through 10. I'm reading out the message version. I just love how it reads for me personally. Um, it's just easy to follow. But Jesus is calling the disciples out of their comfort zone. And I love that. It's going to be kind of the subject of the message today. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, it says this. It seems to me that God has put us who bear his message on stage in a theater in which no one wants to buy a ticket. Another reference to there's not a lot of us right now. There's not many of us. That's why you're important. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're important. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're important. We're something everyone stands around and stares at like an accident on the street. And this is my favorite part of this. We are the Messiah's misfits. We are the Messiah's misfits. I'm just going to simply use that one little word right there, misfits, as my title for the message. I'm going to call it misfits. And then the subtitle is get out of your comfort zone. 
Uh, let me give you the definition of misfit real quick. I believe you have it on the screen. But, but misfit is this, is, is a person who is not suited or is unable to adjust to the circumstances of his or her particular situation. And I put this last point on stage, is, is one who is uncomfortable with their environment. One who is uncomfortable with their environment. We need some people to get really uncomfortable with the way the world is. We need some Christians to really step up and be like, I'm uncomfortable seeing this, therefore I'm going to act on it. We need some people to do that nowadays. So I just call this message, Misfits. Get out of your comfort zone. Tell it to your neighbor. Say, get out of your comfort zone. Turn to the other one and say, get out of your comfort zone. See, this has been a theme message of my life uh, this past year. I've never felt God speak to me more clearly than this message. I've got to speak it as a devotional and eventually turn into this message. And, and our pastor kind of told me, he's like, I want you to speak it. And, and so I'm going to do it to you. This is kind of like one of my life messages right now. And uh, I just believe it's going to bless you. Let me, let me just tell you this first. is I believe God cares far more about your calling than he does your comfort. I don't think it really matters about your comfort. I don't think it really matters to Jesus about your comfort. But you have a great calling. And it's just a matter of stepping out in faith and acting on that calling because you have a great calling. So let's stop worrying about our comfort. That's what we're going to do today, okay? So let me just pray real quick. We're going to get into the message, all right? Everybody bow your heads. Father God, we love you, Lord. We thank you so much today, God, that you're going to move. We just believe in faith. We have expectant hearts. We're ready to go. Jesus, I realize that there have been a lot of people who have been through hell all week. So God, we ask today that you bring heaven down today. We don't just need another message. We don't just need another thing to do, just mandatory, obligatory church. God, we need your presence to fall. I just believe greatly that you're going to move. You've, you've put this message on my heart. Now help me to touch, for my heart to touch their hearts, God. I, I, I need your help. Help me speak with clarity. And Jesus, we just believe that great things are going to come out of today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen and amen. Thank you, Deej. You're awesome, man. Thank you very much. Um, has anybody seen somebody been really, really uncomfortable before? Have you ever been really uncomfortable before? Maybe an awkward scenario, a situation, something really weird happened, but you've been really uncomfortable before. Anybody, anybody identify with themselves? Hey, you can talk back to me. It's okay. I don't like to be here up alone by myself. It's really illegal to be uh, silent back there. I won't be a boring preacher if you won't be a boring listener, so come on, somebody, say something to me. Come on, you can say amen, say amen. Say that's good. I'm going to help you with that, right? I'm going to preach harder, and I'll preach shorter if you holler back at me. Otherwise, I'm going to preach for three hours in the book of Leviticus, and it's just going to, it's not going to be good, okay? So holler back at me. Can you do that? All right, cool, cool. So who's ever seen somebody, or have you ever been really uncomfortable before? Okay, I'm going to tell you a few stories. I don't want you to judge me. Okay, let me just throw that feeler out there, okay? I have been in some scenarios where I've made people uncomfortable, that I've personally been uncomfortable, and I'm just going to share some stuff real quick. Are you ready? Again, don't judge me. Okay. So I used to work at this, at this job called Fitzy's Car Wash. It's right down the street over here. One of my favorite jobs ever. Okay. Really simple, really easy, made good money. It was awesome. And so my job was I was a pressure washer. I had, I had this pressure washer, and I, I washed these cars. I went up, down, back, forth, left, right. And, and uh, what happens is I direct the car into this little seam, and, and they get into the seam, and, and then we put it in neutral, and then they're ready. They give me their money. I go to the cash register. I go back, and, and I give them their money. And normally what happens is they roll up their window. They just get situated and put it in neutral, and the, the whole thing works itself. So I give this elderly lady her money back as she comes, comes into the 
call wash, and I walk to the other side, grab the pressure washer, and then I start washing the, the side of this car, and I go up, down, back, right, left, forth, and go to the back, and then I just back of it, just spray it all down, and then I start to get to the driver's side door, and, and I start to spray the back door, and I'm spraying it, and then I get underneath right where the by the door, and, and I start to spray it up, and, and I'm unaware of the problem that this woman didn't push her window up, and 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 so what happened is this probably 75-year-old lady, uh, I'm spraying, and and I spray this old lady in the face. I spray her in the face, and I have never seen an older woman react as quick as she did. Like, literally, this woman had cat-like reflexes. I've, I've never seen it before. And she's just like, ah! And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So in that moment, I did what any man of God would do in that situation. Is I, I ran, and, and, and I, I ran as fast as I could, and I was just like, I can't. I can't. Do, I was uncomfortable, and she certainly was. She was not comfortable getting sprayed in the face. I, I remember another time where, where who's, ever, who's ever sat down on a couch before or took in a nap before, and, and you take a nap. You sit down on your couch, and you get comfortable in your position, and, and you finally just chill. You're like, oh. You go to sleep for a couple hours, and then you wake up suddenly because you feel this Charlie horse in your leg. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever got the Charlie horse before? you just like, you're like this. You go, ah, ah. Ah, ah, anybody ever felt that uncomfortable before? Am I the only one that gets Charlie horses? I, you, get, you get woken up immediately because this Charlie horse is literally so painful. You hate it, okay? You hate it. I remember another time, I'm in the Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic was incredible. By the way, ladies, we got a Dominican Republic trip coming up. I just want to plug it real quick and just tell you it's going to change your life. I got the privilege to lead a Dominican Republic trip of young adults about, what was it, a month, month and a half ago, probably? month and a half ago, and uh, about 18 young adults, and we went down there. And Dominican Republic, for me, is known for a few things. It's not only the locals. I love the locals, the villages we have there, but we live in this house. But there's another thing that's, that's kind of negative about the Dominican is they have spiders the size of my face, okay? And I got a big head, okay? So they're, they're huge. They're huge spiders, okay? And, uh, and so this is what happens is we have this missions house we stay at, and I love missions house, and there's an indoor shower, there's an outdoor shower. Now, the indoor shower was occupied, so I went outdoors, okay? So I get into the shower, and I, I, I'm aware of the problem that there are spiders, and they like to be around places that are dark and wet. And so I step into the shower, and I look at all four corners, and I'm like, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. Check downstairs, all the stuff on the bottom of the floor, I'm like, there's no spiders. We're good. Okay. I'm going to go in the shower real quick. Wash up. Rub-a-dub-dub. Scrub-a-dub-dub. We're good. Okay. Get in the shower. Water comes on. I'm washing my face. And then I, and then I feel this little tickle. It's a little tickle on the bottom of my feet, my toes. Look down. I see this ginormous shadow. And I look down, and it's a hairy tarantula. Now, there are two things. There are two things that I hate in this world. Spiders and cats. They're both from the devil. But I, I hate them. I hate them so much. And I, I feel them graze my toes, and, and I screamed, and I ran. I screamed like a girl. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't judge me. I screamed like a girl. Ran out, and I realized, wow, I'm butt naked outside. I got to go back. So I'm screaming. I'm like, ah, ah. 
you know? I screamed. I, I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. I went back, and then the screens alarmed people. They came out, and they came to follow me. They're like, what happened? I'm like, I have a towel around my waist. I'm like, there's a spider! There's a huge spider in there. I can't do it. One of my friends grabs it by a stick, and he starts playing with it. Like, a, I, I, he's, a, he's a doofus. I don't know what he's doing. He starts playing with the spider with a stick. And, uh, and then people start to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to play with this spider. I'm going to have it go up my arm and do this kind of stuff. And that's what they started doing. And they said, Devin, it's your turn. And I said, what? I am not touching it after two hours of convincing. Long story short, I decided, you know what, I'm going to get over this fear. And uh, what I didn't know until later is they actually filmed this. And, and, uh, and I have the video for you. You want to see it real quick? This is pretty ridiculous, and I'm sorry for the screams you'll hear, but, but uh, you guys can cue the video. But this is, this is me having the spider crawl up uh, my arm. One of my friends edited it a little bit, made it a little bit funnier, but here's the video real quick. We're going to show it to you. Spiders are terrible. But here's this. I got really uncomfortable being around spiders. I am not comfortable being around spiders. And here's what I've realized is when I'm not comfortable, I want to run away like I did in that video. Literally ran a mile and a half up the road, and I was just like, I can't do this. When you're uncomfortable, you tend to run. You tend to not stay in that environment. In the same way, when you get comfortable, okay, you step in bed, you, you turn on the game, you get on, um, you get on your couch, you just finally, you, your butt sinks into that, like, sweet spot, and you're just like, Oh, this is so comfortable. You turn on the game, and I don't know how you guys have it, but this is the way it translates for me is, is I'll turn on the game, something great's about to happen, and then, and then mom calls. She goes, Devin, take out the trash. Devin, come upstairs. I'm like, Mom, give me a second. She's like, Devin. Anybody ever heard this? Delayed obedience is no obedience. And I said, Mom. No! No! Here's what I've learned is when you get really comfortable, you get really lazy. Okay, you feeling me? So this is, this is what I've learned so far is discomfort produces action and comfort produces laziness. You guys can put that in your notes. Discomfort produces action and comfort produces laziness. And I think a lot of Christians in here have gotten too comfortable. I think there's a lot of people in here as a believer, as somebody who has been a Christian and calls himself a Christ follower, you've gotten too comfortable. And when you get too comfortable, you get too lazy. When you get really uncomfortable, you have to act. You have to move. You ever been in an uncomfortable situation before? 
you don't want to stay in that environment because you have to move. You have to act. You have to get out of your comfort zone. Say this with me. Say, get out of your comfort zone. Speaking to yourself, say, get out of my comfort zone. That's what we got to do. So I wrote, this is my big idea. You ready for it? Write this down. Say this. is Get comfortable being uncomfortable. You don't have to say it, but it's, it's fine. Just write it down. Say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do as believers. That's what we got to do. See, if, if we want to accomplish anything great in our life, we have to step out of our comfort zone. I wrote this down. Jesus didn't live a life just to make a living. He lived a life to make a difference. Jesus lived a life not just to make a living, but he lived a life to make a difference. So if you want to make a difference, you got to step out. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to get into your growth zone. There's comfort zone, growth zone, panic zone. You don't want to be in your comfort zone anymore because growth is so important for your life. You need to step out of your comfort zone. It's important that you do this. See, we can't confuse the American dream with the Christian life. Follow me. Follow me real quick. We can't confuse the Christian life with the American dream. The American dream is all about having uh, this, this personal life of happiness with material comfort, with material things. You work hard just so you can have these nice toys. See, that's, that's not the Christian life. No, the Christian life is I'm living life for other people. I'm living life to bless other people. I'm not living life just to store up treasures in my own house. I'm, I'm living a life to help God's treasures be filled up because he called us to help the people. He called us to help others. He, he's, we got to make sure that we're living the Christian life, not the American dream. See, American dream is living for yourself. Christian life is living for other people. You just got to make sure we're not getting that too confused. Um, don't get too comfortable with your material things. I just want to throw that out there. What's that verse? Matthew chapter 16. It talks about that. It says, what good is it to gain the whole world but lose your own soul? That's right. Somebody knows this Bible. What good is it? To gain the whole world, gain all the stuff in the world, get so wealthy, have all this money, but you lose your soul. What good is it? we got to make sure we are focusing on the things of God, not on the things of man. It's important that we do that. Because otherwise we'll get so caught up with the things that we don't really need, that aren't really important. And it's important to work hard. It's important to make good money. It's important to provide for your family. I'm not saying that. Please don't discredit that. I don't want this on YouTube, using it as a horrible illustration later. But I'm just saying, don't get too comfortable with the materialistic things. It's, it's, it's important that you don't do that. So let me ask you a question. Is what are you uncomfortable with? What are you uncomfortable with? Write that down in your notes. I, I believe it has it there. What are you uncomfortable with? It's kind of a rhetorical question. Even if you want to write it down right there, I just want to ask you, what are you uncomfortable with? Let me tell you a couple of things that I'm really uncomfortable with. I'm uncomfortable with the status quo of youth and church nowadays. I took the job as a student director because I am so uncomfortable with the way youth are and the way you church is. See, people think the status quo is youth just don't go to church anymore. It's not the thing. It's not the cool thing to do. It's not cool to go to church as a youth kid, as somebody from middle school all the way to college. I'm uncomfortable with that. I can't stand seeing people throw away their lives, coming back when they're 35, still jobless, still single, still don't have a hope or a dream. They don't have anything they're pursuing because they're going off in the world and getting screwed up. I'm not comfortable seeing that, and I think that can change because of a life who says, I'm going to invest in young people. I'm not going to accept the status quo that people say about young people anymore. I hate it. 
I will not accept it. I'm uncomfortable with MTV teaching our kids, your, your kids, our students, how to live. They don't need to look at the real world Miami to have that as a model. No, they need to have an encounter with the real God to see that as the model. That's what they need. They don't need just another TV show for MTV to pour millions of dollars. And they do. They pour millions of dollars and they define a generation into the young people. It's time the church starts to rise up and say, I'm going to invest in some young people. I'm not just going to do it. Maybe I can't do it financially. Maybe it's your time. Maybe you can't do it with your time. Maybe you do it financially. I'm just saying the church defines the future, not MTV. I'm uncomfortable with seeing it. I'm uncomfortable seeing the church having a problem filling parking lots while the clubs have lines out the door. I'm uncomfortable with it. We have the message of Jesus Christ. That is the most powerful message in the world. And nothing the club can do can compete with us. But yet they've, stru- they've built us up. They pour us. They, they have crushed us in competition for too long. I'm uncomfortable seeing clubs have lines out the door and my church is struggling to fill parking lots. Thank God that this church is not a church like that. Thank God that this church is not a church who will let that happen. Thank God you are in this church. Are you, are you, do you love your church? Do you know we're just getting started? Do you realize that? We are just getting, we are just grazing the surface, and we are called to reach people and reach the thousands. I'm telling you, this is on the horizon. Do you know it's the best time to be in this church right now? The things that are on the horizon are so exciting. I'm just saying, get planted. I'm just going to throw a shameless plug out there. I think, I think we're, we're the best, best in town. town. I think we're the best thing happening right here, right now, because I believe in the product that we sell. I believe in what we do. I'm just saying, if you're not planted here, that's okay. Get planted somewhere because you need to invest into your church. It's important. What are you uncomfortable with? That's my question to you. What are you uncomfortable with? Because you can't just remain the same. You have to invest in something. What are you uncomfortable with? See, we can't just be... We can't just be aware of the problems. There's too many people who are aware. You are aware, and it's good. Awareness is good, but action is way better. Awareness is good, but action is way better. You can't just be aware of a problem. I heard it like this in one illustration. Is, is a lot of, anybody heard of the A21 campaign before? It's like sex trafficking. You write this red X on your, on your arm, and you post a picture on your Instagram or something like that. It raises awareness. Or you guys probably seen it on Facebook right now, the ALS, the ice bucket thing lately. See, a lot of, it's, it's so ridiculous. ridiculous. I got caught up the other day. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm just kidding. I'm probably going to do it later today, but whatever. But, but this is what happens is we're aware of a lot of stuff. We're aware of it. But a lot of people just like to just throw the ice on their head and not really donate. A lot of people just like to put the red X on their Instagram and, and not really help the sex traffickers. Okay, you follow me right here? Is, I, I just believe this. If, what if one of the sex trafficker. What, what if one of the people who got abused, I'm, I'm going to be real real quick, so just, this is going to get deep real fast. What if one of the girls who were abused forever met you and they said, wait, you were aware of this problem, but you didn't do anything about it? But, but I posted a picture on my Instagram. I, I did the red X and no, that just won't cut. You won't say that to them. That just won't cut it. Do you know, you have to be aware of the problem that we have nowadays. I speak about young people a lot just because that's what I pour my life into. So I love old people too. Don't don't get me wrong, but but truly, I, I just I just talk about this because are you aware that that the youth of our generation is dwindling? It's they're not following God. They're they're just wasting their lives. They're coming back and screwing up their lives. It's it's not going good. Are you aware of this problem? My question is, what is your action? 
I'm not going to say you have to get involved in this kind of thing, but I'm just saying get involved with something. Don't just be an awareness-driven person. Be a solution-driven person. Be somebody who provides solutions and not just is aware of the problem. You can't do that. I'm just saying get involved with something. I believe this church provides a lot of solutions, a lot of answers to a lot of things. I'm just going to encourage you, come to C201 tonight. Get involved with the dream team. Do whatever you got to do because we make a difference. You make a difference. Turn to your neighbor and say, you make a difference. Say, you matter. You do. You really do. People in the parking lot, they matter. I love, I love Alan and his team. I don't know if he's in here, but Alan. Alan, can you stand up real quick? We're just going to give you a shout-out real quick. Give it up for Alan. I love you so much. And I wish I had your beard. Your beard is awesome. But... Alan, first person, he, first person people see when they're driving into the parking lot. He's got a smile on his face. He directs them to their place. I'm just saying, that makes a difference for people. That's the first impression people get of our church. It makes a difference. Everybody. This is not the only thing that makes it. I'm telling you, the preaching, it really isn't the real message. It's the people who are downstairs, who are serving you coffee, who are giving you that kind of stuff. That's making a difference. You're the message, not this. I'm saying get a part of it. Be a part of something great. Everybody wants to be a part of something great. Amen? Everybody wants to be a part of something great. So what are you uncomfortable with? Let your discomfort move you to action. Let your comfort, let your discomfort move you to action. I'm going to give you another quick shout-out real quick. Cal, stand up for me, brother. Cal, I love this guy. I just want to give you something real fast. Is Cal is incredible. And he came to me one time and he said, Devin, I really don't like it how the people who serve on the dream team here, they don't get served. I don't like that. And so you know what he did? He provided a solution. He, can't, he comes here. What time, Cal? He comes here at 730 in the morning for the past year, year and a half. Year, year and a half. And he is the first one to greet the people at the door. Cal saw a problem. He saw a problem, and he provided a solution. Cal, you can sit down. Thank you, buddy. Hey. He saw something he was uncomfortable with. He was uncomfortable seeing the dream team not get served. He was uncomfortable seeing the dream team not just showing up and then not getting any credit. That's what he felt like. And he said, I'm sick of it. I'm going to provide this solution. I want to say, Cal, you're a hero, first of all. You're going to have an incredibly hot wife one day. Somebody say amen. You better say amen to that. I'm just saying. Cal saw a problem and provided a solution. Cal really liked that one the most, though. I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> Come on, somebody say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. So my question is this. Will you choose your comfort or your calling? Come on. Will you, you can talk about it. Will you choose your comfort or your calling? Come on. Will you choose your comfort or your calling? I, I, I have the scripture I'm going to read to you real quick. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 5, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. And it says this, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Uh, PDs, you can come up and, and make me sound really good, all right? Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling off to some far-off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. In other words, it really doesn't make a difference to rant on Facebook. Come on. I'll let that sink in for a minute. 
go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Right here. You know, you don't have to just go off overseas to make a difference for God, for kingdom of God. Do you know there's lost and confused people right here in the neighborhood? Talking about the harvest is plenty. There are 17,000 people right here in this town. There are lost and confused people right here in the neighborhood. Start investing in your neighborhood. It's the hardest. It's uncomfortable because people know you. People know your path. I know. I went to high school here. I was a doofus. It's hard, especially sometimes when they come to our young adult service on Friday nights. And I see some people in my past. And I'm the one preaching the word of God. And I feel like, if anything, my sins are more amplified on that day. It feels like I just get sometimes, I'll be honest, I get insecure sometimes. Because I'm like, they know my past. They, they know what I used to do. And, and I'm going to be here looking like a hypocrite preaching the word of God. Are you serious? No, get uncomfortable. Get out of your comfort zone because it doesn't really matter what they think about you. You're supposed to point them to the name of Jesus. You're not, it doesn't matter what people think about you. you got to give up your reputation. you got to invite some people to church. Come on. I, I had a friend. I, I don't think Dan's here yet. I think he's in second service. He's part of our young adults. He came up to me. He goes, Deb, you'd be so proud of me. I was like, I was like why, Dan? He goes, because... I invited somebody to our Friday night service, and that was really getting out of my comfort zone. He was normally, if, if you say invite somebody, I, normally I just go to the Christians. I, I just, I'm like, hey, you got to come to our church service. He's like, okay, what time? It's, it's not really out of your comfort zone, but he, he goes, but I invited somebody who, who's not a believer. He, I, it, was, it was hard. It was awkward for me. He goes, but you'd be so proud of me because although they may not be coming right now, they're going to be coming. They're going to be coming. And he goes, it, it felt good. Like, I, I know that's what I'm called to do. Is we can't just keep stealing church people. That's not what we want to do. We don't want to grow a church from stealing church people. We want people to experience God for the very first time. And maybe that's you in here today. I'm giving you in a few minutes. I'm going to give you an opportunity where you're going to meet Jesus Christ for the very first time. And I'm just going to say, it's going to change your life forever. So all believers said amen. Come on. It's important. Get out of your comfort zone. Step out. Let me, let me finish this verse. And it says this. <laughs> Go to lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. I love this. And this is our calling. FYI. What I'm about to read right here. Is bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on some fundraising campaign before you start. No. You don't need a lot of equipment. Do you realize that? God has gifted you with exactly what you need. You have the gifts. You have the call. That's all you need. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I love this. You don't need a lot of equipment because why? You are the equipment. And you need to keep that going. You only need three meals a day, so travel light. You don't need much to make a difference. I'm saying God has called you. Not the person next to you, not the person right to you. He's called you. Don't think it's just for your neighbor. It's not. It's for you. You have a great call of God on your life, and it's time you be obedient to that. There's too many people running away from their calling. Too many. And I'm sick of it. I won't have it. I'm uncomfortable with it. You're called to make a difference. Do you know that? You're called to make a difference. Only way to grow is to get out of your comfort zone. Only way to grow is to get out of your comfort zone. John Maxwell says a couple quotes. He says like this. He says, change is inevitable, 
but growth is optional. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. In other words, it's, you have to be intentional in order to grow. Another way he says it is, we can't become what we need by remaining who we are. Come on, that's too good stuff. You guys should have said amen better than that. You cannot become what we need by remaining who we are. Thank you, Cal. Love you so much. He's an amen soldier. That's what Pastor Emmy calls him. He's an amen soldier. Are you an amen soldier? Come on, you should be. You should be. I'm just saying, you can't, you can't just remain the same. God loves you too much to keep you the way you are. You, you gotta, you gotta step out. You gotta get better. You gotta, you gotta grow. Growth is important. Growth is intentional. So let's just step. Can we make a commitment that I'm not just gonna be remaining who I am? I'm gonna keep growing. And what is that? What practically is that? That's that's getting in your Bible life. That's getting into your Bible. That's being more in tune with the Word of God. That's that's just saying, I'm going to spend 15 minutes a day. I call this, I give this to my young adults. 15 minutes a day, we call it the first 15. Five minutes in prayer, five minutes in worship, five minutes in the Word. Do whatever you got to do. You don't have to do it much. You don't have to do it a lot. I'm just saying, getting in your Bible, getting what the Word says about you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life real quick. Growth is important. Change is inevitable, but growth is optional. See, I think about people in the Bible who stepped out of their comfort zone. Abraham. God asked him to sacrifice his son. That's out of your comfort Are you serious? That's not even out of your comfort zone. That's just like, what? He asked him to do it. But you know what? Abraham was obedient. Put him on the altar. About to do it. And God said, no, I, there's a ram right there. I just want to see you be obedient. I think about Noah. Noah, he was asked to build a boat, a humongous boat with two of the same animals. Unbelievable. In a, in a time where literally, people don't know this, there was a time where rain was like, it was, nobody knew what it was because it, it didn't happen. There was not, not much liquid. There was not much water that came from the sky. And he had to convince not only his whole city, his whole place he was there, but his family. That's out of your comfort zone. I have to build a boat for 100 years? for something that I don't even know is going to happen. He was obedient, but he was out of his comfort zone. There, there are stories all throughout the, the disciples. They were young men, my age, going off throughout the all, whole world, and they had to spread the name of Jesus. They planted churches. They make it a difference, but they all got martyred. They all got, pretty much every single one but one got killed at the end of this thing. They realized the persecution that was going to happen. They realized it wasn't going to be a comfortable journey but they knew they were going to make a difference. Think about the cross. Jesus on the cross. The cross brings us comfort, but it didn't bring him naked on the cross with a spear, with nails and through his hands and feet and naked. I mean, if that's not uncomfortable, I don't know what is. It brings us comfort, but it wasn't comfortable for him. I wrote this down. A life like this to make a difference it's not going to be comfortable but it will be fruitful what, what does that mean it's a biblical term used as it you what you do will produce a lot of results that's what fruitful means is it's not going to be comfortable i'm just telling you right now the christian life the one you're called to live is not comfortable but it is fruitful how many want to have a fruitful life how many want to make a difference how many really want to change the world? And I can tell you, you can do it. You truly can. I'm just saying it's required by one thing. Get out of your comfort zone. Say it with me. Say, get out of your comfort zone. 
get out of your comfort zone. I'm going to ask the worship band to come up. We're going to sing one more song. I asked that. I asked PDG. I was like, PDG, can can we do one song at the? I love worship. We call this the commitment song. Just what you what what God's been speaking to you, and you just can really think it through. And I asked him. We don't normally do it. And I was asking DJ, like, yo, get out of your comfort zone, PDG. You know. <laughs> and he it made it happen. And I just believe God's going to show up miraculously right now. You're just going to have a moment to really think about what was what was talked about truly to get out of your comfort zone. And I want to read this, this scripture to you. I, it just came to me in the middle of worship. I don't know exactly how I wanted to end it, but I, I knew this is exactly the way I should do it. Can you stand with me? I'm going to close a little early. Fry closing early, Dad. That's crazy. God is moving in this place. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 61. This is what I read every time before I go out to preach. Because I just know it makes me confident in what God has called me to do. See, God has called you to something great. Do you, you remember, you realize that. And that requires you to step out. That requires you to really get out of your comfort zone. And we're going to sing this song again. We're just saying, I surrender. Because I just believe God's going to call you to surrender some things in your old life and, and go into your new one. I'm going to surrender my life for his will. I, I, I want to do something great. Anybody want to do something great in their life? I want to do that. I'm going to read this scripture, then I'm going to pray, and we're going to worship. And I'm just going to ask you, get out of your comfort zone when you worship. Maybe you don't ever raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you, maybe just throw up a little worship frisbee. Do whatever you got to do. Do it. I'm telling you, if you want to have something that you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. So get out. I want some worshipers in this place because if you can't worship here, there's no way you can worship out there. There's no way you can really change the world out there if you don't feel like God's changing you in here. So, so let's just get a little uncomfortable. I'm going to open it up to whatever. If you, if you want to just worship God, just do it. You have the privacy to do so in this church. Do it. I'm going to read this scripture. And we're going to pray. And God's going to move greatly. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 61 says this, The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach the good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, and announce freedom to all the captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of His grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies, and to comfort those who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, joy instead of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit. I rename them oaks of righteousness planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. Let's raise a new city out of the wreckage that is in our world today. So I just want to say, God, would you move on our behalf? Holy Spirit, would you move? So Jesus, we need you in this place. And God, I'm just going to ask the worship team to come on. And let's get louder. Let's get a little bit better. Let's get a little bit crazier. Let's raise the roof for God. So Jesus, we need you in this place, Lord. Holy Spirit, come in. Help us to get out of our comfort zones. Come on. Come on, raise your hand.
with me and let's pray real quick let's pray Father uh, I surrender we surrender to your call I, we want to be obedient to what you have called us to do because I want my life we want our lives to make a difference a life that matters a life that is truly meaningful I don't want to just be remembered for a moment I, I want my life to make a difference for a long time. I, I want to have something happen. Jesus, I want with my life, with our life, for heaven to come down. I, I just, we need you, Holy Spirit, to help us. Help us to get out of our comfort zones. It's not going to be comfortable, but it will be fruitful. And, and we realize that. We just, we need your help. We need your help. And, and for some of you, I'm just going to give you an opportunity right here. Everybody, eyes bowed, heads closed still. I'm not going to embarrass anybody in here. I just want to give an opportunity that maybe you've been uncomfortable with what you've heard about this Christianity thing and for that I'm sorry there's, I know there's a lot of things that have happened in church that you may have seen before or once before and I just want to give you a new opportunity this is a new start, a fresh start maybe you're not very comfortable with, with what I'm about to ask you but I'm just saying step out if you've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ you've never asked him as your personal Lord and Savior before I want to give you this opportunity today is the day of salvation for you let me just ask you, do you know where you're going? Once this life is over, do you know this life is but a vapor, as the Bible talks about, just but a vapor, just something real quick. I just want to ask you, do you know where you're going? So I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. I'm going to give a count of three, and I'm just going to ask you, would you just shoot up your hand real quick and say, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I've never done that before, and I want to do that because I just feel like God's calling me to do that. I'm just going to ask you to be immediately obedient. One, Jesus loves you. He died for you on the cross for your sins. So just know that he loves you so much too. Today is the day of salvation for you and purpose will flood your heart. Purpose will flood your life. Three, just raise your hand. Shoot it up real quick if you've, if you've never received that before. I got it right here. Thank you. Thank you. And then hands. I'm going to give a moment for you. Come on, just step out of your comfort zone. If you if you feel like you you need to do this, you feel like you're called to do it, because you are, you are called to do this. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for those two hands. I love that. Pray this prayer with me out loud as I just as I pray it. So, Father, I love you. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I ask that you make me brand new. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I believe I have a great call 
I believe I will feel fulfilled when I follow you. And I will follow you all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Let me just pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for those commitments. Jesus, I just I believe you're gonna step people out of their comfort zone. The word of God will not return void. And I think this is gonna change some hearts, change some people. So I thank you, Jesus, that you're gonna do that. I thank you, Jesus, that you're gonna do that. And I just believe we are a room full of world changers who have some things we're gonna be uncomfortable with. But we're going to provide solutions and we're going to provide some action. We're going to see things change because God has changed me first. I thank you, Jesus, for this group of world changers in Jesus' name. And everybody said...